All right, so we got 60 seconds on the clock for your opinions on The Flash, the, the big movie of the moment. I'm, uh, I'm gonna say one thing before, mm. uh, spoilers. You want me to go first or you going first? I want you to go first this time, but I, I give you an added challenge, which is before your 60 second little breakdown, I want one word. If you could describe your viewing experience of The Flash in one word, what is one word that comes to mind? Everything. Everything? Okay. First word that came is the first word that came. What about you? My one word <laughs> is shocking. Shocking. Sh shocking. Interesting. I like this is fun. We should do this more often. Little tease. Little tease. Little for tease. The, little for tease the before the tease. Council pop. Now for your 60-second tease. And scene. I think that everybody comes to our channel or channels like this looking for that one uh, hot take. Did you like it? Did you hate it? Give me this bipolarity. Th I think this movie is the antithesis of that. I, there were times uh, I wanted to walk out and there are times where I was like super excited. I felt a lot of the spectrum of feelings from a movie standpoint, as a viewer standpoint, from an enjoyment standpoint, and from like a craft standpoint. Like, that's why I said everything. Cause I feel like I, I, I went on a journey, good and bad. <laughs> so I don't think I could boil it down to like some 60 second quick hot take that I'm sure you're all looking for. I think there's a Both lot to discuss. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot to discuss. I think there's a lot to talk about. I'm excited to talk about it because I think this movie did some things well and, and some of the worst things that I've seen recently are also in this movie too. So uh, it, it's everything. This movie is all things. Yeah, the movie is everything everywhere all at once, uh, some might say. <laughs> yes. Better than, yes. that's my hot take. <laughs> this is the best film. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> Yeah, I get that, okay? 60 seconds. Uh, I understand where you're coming from. I, I'm i gonna be a little meaner <laughs> than you yeah, are. Yeah, I know how you feel. <laughs> because here's the thing. It, it is, there's a lot to like, and then there's a lot to really hate, but the stuff, yeah. the stuff that's there to really hate is so, is, is so much more about, it's so much more emblematic of a deeper problem in like modern filmmaking that it makes me hate it so fucking much. Like, like, wow. You, no conversation about this film, and I know maybe I'm the wrong guy or the right guy, depending on your opinion, to have this conversation uh, as the broken record cry wolf guy. Can no conversation about this film can can not begin with the horrendous CGI uh, almost <laughs> have throughout a drink the film every time. No, have no, no, no. I know, time. but that's the problem. Is that like? I complain about that shit all the time, so anybody that watches this show might just be like, oh yeah, he, he never likes new CGI. This is several levels below what I would have said is the worst CGI I've ever seen in a major motion picture. This is easily the worst visual effects I have ever seen in a major motion picture, and to me, that negatively colors every other aspect about the yeah. film, including the things that I liked, and I, and I thought there were a lot of moments that I was like, oh shit, I feel like, kind of rah-rah, like uh, superhero fun, it did it. Yeah. But if you care so little for your final product that you put it out there looking like, I mean, D-level stuff from 1998, like 
then then I don't respect you. And I, and I can't respect any part of the film. Like, oh yeah, you're really great at storytelling, but you put the, you signed off on this. And anyone who signed off on this should be fired and banned from ever working on another film of any kind in for the until the end of time. It is terrible. <laughs> that, those are the that's hot my takes review. That you come here for. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 it. And I knew. <laughs> no, I like it better when you were gone. The, <laughs> uh, yeah, I figured. I, I figured as much. Is and I assume that's where you you want to start. We can start with this because it is. There are a handful of things that are, I think are are being talked about about this film, and uh, the CGI and lack thereof is definitely on the top of that list. So it seems like a good a place to start as any. It's super low hanging fruit, and and we do talk about this all the time. So let's try to just knock it out of the way, and then we'll move okay. on to other stuff. But I really do wholeheartedly believe, like all hyperbole aside, that this like you cannot not talk about it because it is that much worse than anything else. And it's not just that it's horrible in some parts that like you can be like, okay, like when he enters the Speed Force Thunderdome bubble or whatever, and there's all those like weird kind of interpretive repeating patterns of his life, which is a cool concept in theory. Like if that was the way it was, which was awful, you could be like, whatever, it's not real. Yeah, so yeah. much of what was really awful about this, like I'll forgive that, but the the fucking face swapping of having two Ezra Millers on on screen at once, where one is so clearly computerized and not even to a good way, like the Social Network did yeah. it better ten years ago. This is like Polar Express level computer <laughs> animation, and the and 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 like voices. My short film does you, you just do a side by side, split down the middle, do a fucking mask. Boom, you got two of them. Laurel and Hardy did it in the fucking 1940s. Like, it's so simple and looks so much better. And the most mind-boggling thing is that they do fully computer-animated Ezra Miller when they are the only ones in the screen. So the Ezra Miller stuff, I don't understand. They'll do scenes with the two Ezra Millers where it cuts back and forth single shots, and one of them is a real person. And the other one is a fucking computer Ezra Miller. I grew up to be healthy, handsome, and successful as an actor and model. Oh, that's awesome, man. Single shot. No one else is in the shot. <laughs> like, why? Honestly. Yeah, 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 why? Yeah. <laughs> that is inexcusable. It, so there, I, I think it's interesting because there's, there's uh, two parts to this debate that I think that are going on right now, and, and you... I've already touched on both of them. One, for those uh, uh, tuning in at home, is the inside the, I forget what it's called Speed already. Force I've heard it a bunch of- dome thing. The, yeah, the Speed Force dome thing. When they're inside that, uh, there's a certain look that people are not responding well to, which you had mentioned. And the argument on the other side of it from the filmmakers are that that's by design. That, that this was supposed, maybe not executed well, but the, it's not just poor for poor sake, it's by design. But to your point, I'm sorry, do you wanna? No, no, but he also says that about all the other awfulness, including the babies at the beginning, that entire opening oh, sequence. I thought, that that, I thought it was just relegated to like I thought that. so too. But he's literally, he uses like the babies as an example of like why oh. that was intentional because we're, we're seeing it from 
uh, uh, Barry Allen's perspective. And so because he's moving so fast in the slow motion world, it's of course gonna look a little distorted and weird to us. And if we think it so seems weird, then we're picking up what he's putting down. Like that's the way it's mm. supposed to be, which is the yeah, biggest yeah. load of shit. I can't even, <laughs> like, I can't even I, imagine you would say something like that with a straight face. Like, Well, you would if you were trying to get away with shoddy work. I mean, it just, yeah, we know the technology exists. We know the technology exists. We've, we've seen Thanos before. Like, there, there, are, there are examples of, of really great CGI work out there uh, in this capacity. So, well, and you're so gonna, it's, you're, tough, it's tough to accept. You're trying to tell us, too, like, it, it's all amplified by all the backstories of bullshit and, and development hell and everything that's gone yeah. on at, at Warner Brothers or the DCEU and... Zack Snyder and everything. But like, you're gonna try to tell us that this is a very important film. Like I'm embarrassed for myself. Like I'm embarrassed, I believe the hype. Like I really like the trailers. I, I thought like, oh, okay, James Gunn is saying this might be one of the best superhero movies of all time. That Tom Cruise sound bite, like, oh yeah, it's yeah. gonna save cinema. Like, it's like, oh, and, and, and they're willing to deal with all of Ezra Miller's like repeated awfulness to just delay this film and not and not cancel it or not recast him. And it's like, all of that led me to believe, oh shit, this has to be like really good. Like this yeah. movie's gonna, this movie's gonna be really good. It's gonna sum up and kill off the, the old yeah, DCEU yeah. in a respectful, cool way. And it's gonna transition us into this new future. And it doesn't, and, and so you can't, sorry, my point is you can't tell me it's important if you're not gonna put any effort into the way it looks. Like you clearly don't think it's that important. You fucking lied to us, you know? Yeah, uh, this movie was supposed to be so good that it did two things. Like, it was supposed to be a good, the best standalone superhero movie ever. We've we heard that. And it was going to totally revolutionize the DCEU, or just yeah. DCU now at this point. Like, I forget it was where gonna make It was going to bridge the gap between the EU bridge and the, the EU. Like, completely, it's going to change the game from a bigger story standpoint as well. Uh, and it did neither of those things. The latter, changing the, changing the game, so to speak, it does to a degree, but not to the degree which I thought to, to outweigh all of the, uh, the nonsense, uh, you know, the bullshit that, that Ezra Miller brought to the table, which we should state are awful things. Yeah, they're not, they're not like, nothing. It's not like... They're not nothing. Like, <laughs> it's, it's rough. So if, if you choose not to support the film, I, I would never fault you for, for doing that. It, this film had to do a lot and had a lot of expectations to hit. And, and I think if it didn't have those expectations going in, would this film be better? Probably not for you because what you hate, you're gonna hate. But for most people, for general audiences, because the bar was set so high, it, is that does that lead to some of the overreaction the other way? like? I knew it wasn't going to be that good. There's no way it was going to, you know, like. It's so bad that people are just turned off completely. And I don't, like, you You can tell that that you are not being respected. Like, I know I say that about other films. I've said that about other films. But this film is not treating you with any level of respect if they if they think that that terrible aspect of the Adam project at the end with Katherine Keener, where she has the young version of herself and they're fighting Ryan Reynolds or whatever, and they won't even show those clips for longer than three seconds in that movie because it's so bad. That's just this whole film. Like, it's just they took the worst part of this and extended it. Like, of course it's not going to resonate. Of course you can't tell me this is one of the greatest movie, superhero films of all time. And then I go see it and it's like, oh, well, that's clearly... Ben Affleck's not even in that first scene. It's just a completely computer-generated Batman on a motorcycle the entire time. Like, Affleck yeah. couldn't even come get on a motorcycle and 
put a green screen behind them? Like that, like, they couldn't even do that. So it's so patchworked together that I can't imagine for all of the things that are enjoyable about it, that anyone's leaving like, oh yeah, can't wait to see that again. Can't wait to tell people to watch it because you know it's full of shit. You know you were lied to. Like I, I would have rather James Gunn had just said like, it's, it's a really solid, great movie that, that we think is really important to Barry Allen's story and uh, can't wait for you guys to see it. But if James Gunn genuinely believes this is probably one of the best superhero movies of all time, which was his quote, then I weep for the future of the, or the, future of the DCU because he doesn't know what he's talking about. And I know he knows what he's talking about, so that means he's fucking lying. And so yeah. I don't want to be lied to. I'm not going to like your film. Like, clearly you don't think this is a good movie, James Gunn. Like, no one signed off on those special <laughs> effects. I'm, I'll try not to talk about the special effects, but... Yeah. It's fucking rough. It is... It's rough. You, it cannot be overcome. I think uh, that I would assume, and I know nothing, I'm on the outside clearly, but I would assume that all of this is a concerted effort to get people in the door. I think, they, I think Warner Brothers looked at this and said, this is our, this is our chance. We, we have stumbled so many times. This film has stumbled so many times. There's been so many issues with everything. And the, the laundry list is very long. And I think that they they probably just, I don't know if they like <laughs> line people's pockets or they... I did not take a bribe, all right? I was accused of taking a bribe. I mean, Stephen King's talking about they stuff. They for sure did. Checks, like checks Tom were, Cruise, checks and they, they had some of the biggest players, you know, and some of the most credible sources you would think, you know, people you would trust. Like, why would I, why would Stephen King lie to me? You know what? Well, the director like, made the It movies. And no, I know, but yeah. but like from an outside standpoint, I'm saying yeah. like, what? Why? Like, just because he made him a shit ton of money, does, yeah. you know? I all guess the that's stock enough, that but... I've bought back in Tom Cruise after Maverick, and yeah. I'm willing to forgive all of his Scientology uh, horrors, <laughs> um, it's back down. You lied to me, Tom. You fucking <laughs> lied to me. I know you didn't think this was a good movie. They had to just. I, that's a plan to get people in the door. I think that was just the plan. Like, just get it so hyped, get it so big, that that. Two weekends is all we need. Yeah, just, just to try to break two, even. Yeah, just give me two good weekends. Let's recoup uh, off our losses. This hype. I would as, I would assume that was the the, the plan. As it pertains to expectations of this film, I thought that like yes, a based on all the hype, it was going to be pretty good. Uh, but b that it would it would have to be at least some sort of like conclusion, like a nice little bow wrapped conclusion to the DCEU and everything that Zack Snyder did and this whole universe that is, is coming to an end with the arrival of James Gunn and his partner. So I thought like, that's what this will be. <laughs> but it wasn't that at all. And if anything, this film ends with like a dozen unanswered, very important questions. The last moment of the film introduces uh, uh, George Clooney as Batman reintroduces, which is a, a potential storyline that needs to be resolved. And, and this <laughs> film will likely not have a sequel and we're moving on from this universe. So like, what the fuck? How can you, well, if you're James Gunn, why would you allow that? Like, I'm, I'm just mind boggled. We're starting yeah. fresh, clean slate. And we're gonna, okay, but, but we're maybe gonna George Clooney's We're gonna muddy the waters immediately. Like I, I ask you, I ask you at home, how do you interpret that? I'll tell you, I interpret it as a joke, as a gag. That's how it immediately hit me. And I go, oh, they're just playing this for laughs. Did, did you seriously think they were introducing George Clooney as the new Batman 
or a Batman moving forward, or is it just a, a cameo and that's it? I think more than anything, it's just like a fun cameo. But even if it is just a fun cameo, it can't just be that because like it introduces so many questions. Like if George Clooney is different than Michael Keaton, which in terms of the original quadrilogy, you thought, yeah, these are different actors playing the same character in the same world. They have the same Alfred. They're, they've, they're referencing experiences that the others had. Like, so now you're saying that's not true. And if this is all just a big gag, ha ha ha, we got George Clooney to come back. Just like, ha ha ha, we got fake Superman Nicolas Cage to show up earlier. Like, that's a bad decision? Like, that's shitty to do at the, at the, it, a film like this has so much responsibility to wrap <laughs> this up, and yeah. you're just gonna say, fuck that? This film's job was to give us a clean slate, and it made it seem like this story and these characters are all gonna continue, which is super confusing. When the hype around the film is, it's the greatest movie ever, and also going to reset the universe. Yeah, exactly, that was the marketing. It's not just like, that's what we perceived, that's yeah. what they said. That's they why us. they couldn't That's why they couldn't get rid of this movie. That's why they had to wait uh, yep. until it was able to be released and why they could ignore all of Ezra Miller's bullshit because yeah. this movie's that important. It resets everything. It resets nothing. But nothing. It resets so nothing. You have Gal Gadot in it. You have Jason Momoa in it. You have Ben Affleck in it. You 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 reference Henry Cavill and and Cyborg and you, you, the end of the film, the big reveal at the end, is a completely new fold, a completely new wrinkle. It's just stupid because if you're James Gunn and again his partner partner Pete Peter something I think like Saffron. and your whole fucking thing is that you're starting anew. Like we're, be what the fans think, be, be damned. We're getting rid of Henry Cavill after it was just announced he's coming back. We're pushing Patty Jenkins away. They're not doing Wonder Woman three. Like you're throwing, you're swinging your dick around. You're like taking charge. Like this is what we're doing. It's our vision. It's been a mistake. We know you, some of you liked some of this, but we're clean sweep. We're, we're brave and we're charging forward. But then you're also kind of hedging your bets to see if the Ezra Miller flash works out and if the Jason Momoa Aquaman works out. And if they work out, maybe they are part of this new future. Like, so because we know that you still don't know, that you are undecided and are kind of measuring this thing out, that's weak. Like, that that's not you <laughs> making a new, uh, charging your own yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. trail forward. That's that's a failure. Like, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. You, are, you are still unsure. And if there's one thing that a clusterfuck like the Warner Brothers DCEU needs, it's fucking certainty. It needs fucking that certainty, and this is evidence that they, they still don't have it. Because yeah. if James Gunn can't tell you if Ezra Miller or Jason Momoa are going to be those characters moving forward, then they still don't have a cohesive plan. And if I gave a shit about this, <laughs> these characters <laughs> in this universe, I would be really fucking nervous. I, I want to talk about the end in general because the, just, just the last 20 minutes really sent me on an emotional roller coaster, even outside of the, the, the rest of the film, which I do want to talk about the rest of the film. As the climax of this film began and uh, it started to unfold, I began to get really, really excited because my number one problem with uh, time travel movies is 
that they're they're stakes eliminator. They just they just erase all stakes because you can go back in time. You can fix it. Like what, what yeah. does it matter? Just go and fix it. So I got really really excited when you start to see them play that out and then realize it's not gonna work. And there and this film has this point to to say that there are absolutes that happen and they will always happen. So there's certain things that are in concrete. This happens to be one of those moments. Supergirl's gonna die. Batman's gonna die. This universe is going to crumble, and you just going around and round is only making it worse. Yeah, there's so, nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. So I go, holy shit, this is the end of the universe. The end of this movie uh, is that the, the universe is going to crumble. And there's yeah. nothing, and that is what's gonna reset the universe. Something at the end will pop out of the ground or whatever. Or they'll give a little. Oh, a little bloom of light, and, and that will be the new universe. But it'll just yeah. fade to black. And what a powerful metaphor that I thought the, that the, the, the mother had said early on in the film about, oh, some problems just can't be solved. You have to accept it. What, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, that, that didn't only apply to her story because that's ob that was obvious. But if applied yeah, yeah, yeah. to the whole universe, like yeah. you've run this shit into the ground, but you gotta let it go and start fresh. How, what a, what a powerful ending that we were this close to, this fucking close to, and instead of that, he has that really powerful, that really nice scene with his mom, which we can yeah, talk about. It's a great scene. But, but then at the end of that, he just, all of a sudden, he just lands into his bedroom and he goes, I'm back, and everything seems fine. Who Everything's fine. All that stuff that we saw for, for two hours, all that dread, all that difficultness, all of the, the world crumbling, people yeah. are dying over and over and over again. Did it mean anything? Did it mean anything other than a little cute joke for Clo now Clooney's here? Yeah. Like it went well, from something special to something awful, in, in, yeah. in my opinion. Well, I think that's really a brilliant idea, Keith, and I hate to give you credit for anything I'm throwing, I'm swallowing my own vomit. <laughs> and we're saying the word brilliant and, and, and referencing you. But I think Thank honestly, you. like that, that is a great idea. Had they all just, like had it just been like, you're talking about like, you lose. You, you created a problem that was too much. And now the, now the universe and all universes and all timelines are the bowl of spaghetti and they're fucked. And it's this big mess cut to black. Like that would be like, holy shit, an impact holy shit, hard reset that we've been talking about, and yeah. now you start fresh with these new DCU movies, and then 10 years, 15 years down the line, you have a great opportunity to have your new heroes that are established have to have some weird mission like saga to go back in time to save these older versions, and you bring back Ezra Miller, and you bring back Ben Affleck, and you bring back Henry Cavill, and you bring back Gal Gadot, but no, no. It's just gonna leave it muddy and shitty and weird, and here's a little joke, and that yeah, sucks. I, just, I, I hate that they were too afraid to 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 make it dark. The the to, and I just think it needed to be. I I yeah. think there needs in this film particularly, it that needed to have a little bit of a darkness, which leads to my other really big criticism. Uh, I almost walked out of this movie. Anything with the Justice League, that first fifteen minutes. The well, any yeah. any joke like it's oh yeah the jokes were so the lasso of truth the lasso of truth bit where he's like I have never had sex with a woman before like first of all they've done that gag like three times already every opportunity like does, 
and the, the humor and the awkwardness that comes out of this relationship with these characters is so cringeworthy, I couldn't stomach it. On top of like literal babies falling out, like you're gonna put a baby in a microwave. The movie should have started with him like calling his dad in jail. Like that's where the movie starts. Cause that's I what bet this movie's you about. it did at one point because that whole first sequence was so in the computer that Ben Affleck was not there. <laughs> like I don't even think that was Ben Affleck's voice for most of the early part, maybe the on call? the bridge. Maybe on the bridge was Ben Affleck there, but the entire motorcycle chase, he was he did not step foot on any set. Like it yeah, could have been I, added later. It could have they, literally been added later. You know what we need is we have that one scene with Batman, which was was great with Bruce Wayne rather sitting on the car. Great performance by Affleck. Great yeah, little back and forth between him. That stuff was good. That was when a great moment. I was honestly role. like Affleck is is getting the assignment here. Like he's really doing great. He did but great. Then somebody comes in at the end, one of the five different executives that was overseeing Warner Brothers over the course of six months and said, uh, you know, we gotta have a Affleck action sequence. And Affleck yeah. goes, I'm not fucking coming back. Fuck you guys. All right, we'll computerize him. <laughs> like yeah. fully digital. Like I just I I, I dare move I dare action movies today to not start with the action set piece. I dare you. I dare you to start with story. <laughs> like that, that's where the effort, that's where, that, that's where the lack of effort really shows. It goes, we gotta have something explode to wake people up, to just, hey, look over here. Hey, 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 look over here. Look at that. Look over here, idiots. Look at those explosions. There's people dying. Like, hey, are you happy? Hey, okay, you good? All right, now we can do the talkies. Now we can do talking. the talkies. Just, just yeah, don't, don't look at your phone. A little bit of talking. It just that it just frustrates me stuff because all that shit like is forced humor and forced action. It meant nothing to the story. It meant absolutely nothing. If anything, it was contradictory to uh, the the relationship that Affleck and and Ezra Miller have in the actual story. It was like a father mentorship. He says he's my best. Batman's my best friend. In that first fucking scene, he's always complaining about Batman. I'm always cleaning up your messes. It always seems like Batman's always doing stupid stuff again, right, Alfred? Like, he's burdened by his greatness in only that 15 minutes. Yeah. And then later in the film, he's like, he's my best friend, I love him. Uh, he's my only friend, I don't, like, he's, he's my mentor, he's the guy I always go to when I need help. Yeah. That's, what the yeah. fuck, like, it was just, it was just, it really was just thrown together. It had to be. Yeah, well, you, and there is, like, we know it was. It feels like there were uh, uh, 10 different directors attached and 50 different writers and seven different studio heads and surprise, surprise, there were. And so I bet you that sequence at the beginning of this film was written by, perhaps even storyboarded by, completely different people than a were the final writers and director of the, of the film. Like, it's gone through so much and that yeah. sequence is bananas, bananas. And, but, but here, the, the slightest faint hint of praise is like that general concept and most of the general concepts in this film could be great. Like I understand like you're, you're doing a big, huge superhero film, like start with a set piece and oh my God, this building's collapsing and all of these babies are like sliding to their death out of this, this, this skyscraper through a window. And I thought as that was happening, gonna even- You're going to play it for laughs? You're going to play it for laughs? No, 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 exactly. As that was happening, I was like, okay, the CGI is already horrible with these babies, but let's wait and see like 
how's he gonna get out of this? You know, like as the baby started to tumble through the air, I was like, <laughs> like how long are they gonna let these kids fall? Like they're <laughs> fucked, they're gonna die. But then like, it's like, oh, so it's completely played for laughs. Yeah, like, it is it's funny just... that he bypasses saving the kids to go go punch a, a fucking uh, vending machine to get food. But like, okay, but the minute it becomes funny, it's no longer th a threat. It's yeah, no longer it's... emotional. Yeah, yeah. And so that's probably not great for your big emotional action set piece to start your film, that it's more about the comedy. The tone of this, it started out one way, and then ended a different way in terms of in terms of tone. I like the like once Michael Keaton got introduced, I, I started to really enjoy the film a lot more. I, again, in the beginning, that first twenty minutes, fifteen minutes, I, I almost walked out. I, I was this close. I was like, if this is the whole film, this like cheeky bullshit comedy of, of yeah. that people hate from Justice League, like the, it's yeah. worse. It's somehow worse. Like yeah, if this yeah. is just what it is, fuck this. I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. But when Batman got there, when uh, sorry, uh, when when Keaton got there, it started to settle down, and they got a like. Not that there wasn't jokes, but it it calmed down a little bit from that crazy babies falling from the sky playing for laughs shit, and lasso a truth nonsense to a little bit more grounded nature. To where the end started to feel like, oh, there are some real fucking consequences here. There's some real shit about to go down, and then they punch you in the dick on the way out just for good measure, but. Uh, that middle part, second act, into the third act, I really did start to get on board with. So that's why it's hard for me to say, uh, like, I didn't just blanket hate it. It's just some terrible shit that I truly hated. But some stuff I, I enjoyed. Some stuff I really did enjoy. And I got into the ride a little bit towards the middle. Middle yeah. towards the end. Yeah. I was still in, like, in spite of the effects, right? Like, if you take the effects out of it, and let's just say the effects were what it deserved and the effects were great as any giant release film should be. Like this is a huge film. It should be top notch. Uh, so let's just say for argument's sake, it was. The movie itself was to me until really the end where it just got so fucking stupid and, and convoluted, like enjoyable. I was like, okay with the general uh, momentum and the structure. I thought Ezra Miller did a totally fine job, if not good in some parts. I didn't, I didn't like at the very beginning, like his first scene where he goes in, uh, uh, where Barry Allen goes in to order a sandwich or whatever. And he's being so fucking like, <clears throat> like quirky and weird and all the shit I really hated about that character from the Justice League movies. And I was like, oh my God, if this is how this is gonna be this whole time, I'm not gonna be able to handle this. But then all of a sudden he just stops being that and it's sort of because the younger self uh, enters the film and is so annoying yeah, in all even of uh, his own ways, <laughs> like a different kind of annoying. But then the more mature Barry Allen is now like totally tolerable and thoughtful, and 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 Ezra Miller gives like a uh, I think a pretty good performance. Like, didn't set the world on fire, but good, solid. Uh, did what it needed to do. Like I, I already mentioned, Affleck I thought did good. Michael Keaton is never bad. He's always yeah, great. He's great. I thought the Supergirl actress was totally fine in very limited moments. Uh, yeah, I know. I thought she was good too. I I, yeah. I I would say she was good. I think I wanted more. I wanted to see more from her. But then I really liked her dying. Not <laughs> like that sounds weird to say. 
But like, it, it really proves like how tough Zod truly is and how impressive Man of Steel, like retroactively, oh man, like it, we need Superman. Like, yeah. it, 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 put, it elevated Superman in a way, like the absence of Superman. Like I, I liked a lot of the character dynamics. The supporting actors, I thought, did a really good job. It was good enough. Like I, I always say, if you, if you transport me, I can forget about like the logistical bullshit of like, well, that would, that would never work, or this would never happen, or that doesn't make any sense, or why? Like, distract me with emotion. And if you distract your audience with emotion, distract, that's all you need. And so this yeah, movie yeah. kind of did that in, like, even in spite of the horrible CGI. So that goes to show the strength of what a lot of the other stuff was doing yeah. until it just doesn't and it just gets so goofy. Like, and that sucks. But there was a time where you're like, it's all fine if they just gave a shit enough. <laughs> you know, like if they just dotted their T's and crossed their I's and. Yeah. Another thing that I really liked about the film was that at the core of it, it was a smaller story that got out of hand and there was yes. big spectacle on top of it or surrounding it. But the core of the story, the, the emotional weight of the story lies within the, a boy's relationship with his mother and his mother passing away and him trying to do anything he can to save his mother or indirectly his father. Yeah, uh, you know, like that—that's—that's that's the journey he's going on, and all this other shit is obstacles in his way. Yeah, where every this is my biggest complaint with like Marvel now is that they've stripped all of that away, that relatable stuff from superheroes away, the things that audiences can grab onto, that I can grab onto, and say, "Oh, I'm just like you," <laughs> in yeah. that one particular way. I love my mom too. Yeah, you know, when it's where it's just all spectacle. Yeah. It's just CGI monsters fighting other CGI creatures. It's just, you know, books of spells and random rays of light that beam out of wherever yeah. and like and credits. Wasn't that fun? Yeah. That that's so I was really pleasantly surprised with with that as as well. It it helped get me going through through the shitty parts. It's all there. Like I felt that about the whole movie. All the pieces are there. Like it's not Agreed. It's not far Agreed. from being really good, but you just didn't take it home. You know, you just yeah. didn't ram it home. You know what I thought was just like the, the, the perfect emblem of not owning what this film should have been as we're, as we're talking about it? They take all the stakes away. They take everything that meant something throughout the whole film away with one decision, and it's, you know, Barry Allen has this heartfelt conversation with his mom, and he's got to learn to let go, and he can't fix everything, and meddling with the past never works out, and I've, I've, right, I've, I've seen this, me go down this road, and it never works. And then literally the next decision he makes, he changes his father's future yeah. history, like, by putting the can up there so they can see his face. Like, the yeah. next decision. So, yeah. not only is the universe fine, <laughs> not yeah. only is it fine, <laughs> But he just, he doesn't learn anything. He doesn't yeah. grow as a character because the next thing he does is do exactly yeah. what he just learned he shouldn't be doing. Like, yeah. that is the perfect example of how, how you just, you couldn't just stick the fucking landing. Like, you can't own the, the consequences that you put into your film. Like, yeah. own that shit. And, like, let us have some wins and some losses within the same story. Like, that's fun. That's yeah. the fun part, I think. 
it really was bonkers in a way. Like I, I say bonkers a lot for movies, but this one was really, that's why I said my word was shocked. I'm just shocked that, that this was released. You know, like I'm just shocked <laughs> that people signed off, like a, not to belabor the special effects, but that anyone signed off on that and that anyone was just like, yes, this does everything it needs to do. Because it's just fucking piecemealed it together. It's just piecemealed yeah. together of, of 40 different visions and just trying to get through it. And that, and that like, you lose all trust. So like, I, 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 I believe that James Gunn is, is a really excellent director and is a really great storyteller. And like, those Guardians of the Galaxy movies, I haven't seen the third one, but the first two, were like, high points of the, of the MCU. And I thought the, the Suicide Squad was like a very enjoyable yeah. movie. Like, he, he clearly gets it. But like, then don't lie to me. Like, back to my original point. Like, th then I just think you're another fucking suit now. Like, which he is. You're, the, you're a studio executive. The head, but, yeah, like, a... as this film was ending, I honestly felt like, I'm, I'm out. I'm done. I'm done with the DC everything. I mean, I'm kind of done with that. I've been kind of done with Marvel. Like, I haven't oh, I'm been watching Marvel yeah. stuff. I don't, yeah. But, I don't like, I'm not going to go see new DC stuff, I don't think. Like, maybe I will if we're going to do an episode or if there's one movie that's really a big deal. But I'm like... I'm not gonna go from out of my own interest because I don't uh, I don't trust James Gunn anymore. Like, uh, I don't I, I, I don't trust. I disagree. Him. I disagree. He said I'll, this was I, maybe the greatest superhero movie of all time, Keith. No. Yeah, you but know I don't think he's, he's fucking. If if I gave you a million dollars, would you say the movie I made was a great movie? Of course, but then I would also say you obviously can't trust me. Like I'm not saying <laughs> I wouldn't do what he did, but he's not trustworthy now. I'm not gonna say like oh no, it he's got change. he's got. I get what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. I disagree because because of what you said before it, and I agree. He is a great storyteller. I enjoy James Gunn's work. He's a fan of the comics. He's a good knack of storytelling. He understands the the right way to, to do this. And he's earned that throughout his career. So just because he blows some smoke up your ass about a project he had nothing to do with, he's just trying to get some heat on his own projects as, as soon as he's walking in the door, it's not great. I don't love it, but I'm I'm gonna go see that first Superman movie. I'm gonna go see it, I, and I look forward to it. This movie made me interested because, like, there's so many more questions. Like, the door is wide open for for new things to happen. Uh, on top of that, in this universe, but I also like the Joker. I'm excited to see the new Joker movie. I'm excited to see Batman, the Batman Two, the R Pat movie. Like, I, I think. DC has some pieces that I'm excited to just follow along with and see where they go. Maybe I'm not going to be first in line to see them, but I'm, I'll check them out. Where Marvel can go fuck themselves, like I, they they've lost, they've lost me. But those two things that you just referenced being excited about have nothing to do with the DCU. Like that's yeah, DC just further evidence of how fucked it is. That yes, I mean, it, <laughs> Joker too. Sure, you can be excited. Not DCU. Batman 2, sure, you can be excited. Not DCU. Like, they still cannot just make it cohesive. And I'm not saying they should, even. I think we've been on this show before saying, just, just do your different projects. Don't try to duplicate Marvel's fucking uh, big oh, universe yeah. of everything. Because that, that's we, we're seeing the limits of that with Marvel as we speak. Like, it is, it is wearing thin. Uh, superhero fatigue uh, and oversaturation is very real, and Marvel is is kind of running on fumes right now. Like, 
So maybe it's not the so best model nice. to emulate just because they were printing money for a little while. We, we keep encouraging DC and Warner Brothers to do their own thing. You have different IP. It's it, it, a lot of it is a little more mature. You can you can you can have your 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 timeline for the the Arpats movies that are kind of darker and a little more adult and and then you can ha do a, do super pets or whatever the fuck the, the animated <laughs> shit is. Like you can do all that shit and it yeah, doesn't yeah. have to be in this big umbrella. Like just just do the shit do do it. Like we can get it. We can understand it. You get trapped. Uh, you get trapped by having to try to make it all cohesive and, and all tie together. And that's what Marvel is now. It's just fucking trapped. Instead of just trying to tell good stories and make good films, they have to be like, oh, but how does this fit? How does this fit? It's all I, so I would disagree. I don't think they, pay, they don't give a shit about how it fits. One thing I have to ask uh, is another thing that is uh, up for debate. Uh, I think people have different feelings about uh, the, this scene in particular. But the big cameos that came late in the film, especially Christopher Reeves, uh, those digital remakes of people, essentially. How did you feel, how did you feel about, about that? Well, yeah, I mean, I have mixed emotions in the sense that, I, I, like, the Christopher Reeve thing was kind of spoiled for me because I saw this little fucking phone clip on Twitter of somebody showing Christopher Reeve and, and the Supergirl fly up next to him. And I was like, oh, okay. And then you and I talked beforehand and you mentioned that you had heard that maybe Christian Bale was gonna be in this movie. And so I sort of went into it thinking like, within the energy of this film, assuming it's gonna be very uh, conclusive and, and wrap everything up all nicely, uh, that the end would probably feature all of these major DC heroes showing up from throughout the decades to sort of like gather around the Flash as the Flash makes like learns his final lesson and it's just this very like end gamey victory lap pat on the back like we're moving on to the next chapter of the dc world the dc universe let's look back on all the great times we've had so i thought i expected more to be honest uh in the moment the digitalization of like christopher reeves and and, and george reeve the original superman from the 40s or 50s or whatever and was like fine to me because normally i don't like that stuff because I don't want a digital actor, especially like a deceased digital actor, playing a big role in a film. Like, like they, they did that with Carrie Fisher in, uh, I want to say, Rogue One, where they bring back Princess Leia at the end and she's completely digitized. Like, I don't want to see a digital person. Actor. Like, yeah, leading the narrative, like advancing the narrative. In this case, it's literally just like a slideshow of past greats and memories and that seems fine to me especially if the relevant estates sign off on that and they're fine with it uh the nicholas cage thing i thought was uh funny but like totally undercut the power that you should want like you're gonna show me christopher reeves on film for the first time in 35 years or whatever it's been 20 years like that should like that should be eliciting tears right like right. that that should that's sh if you're successful in that moment that should make that should bring you to tears if you're a fan, but then right after we see Nicolas Cage uh, in, as yeah. as the as the Superman who was almost. Yeah, uh, it's funny and, that they wouldn't save Reeves for last. Like yeah. that seems like your crescendo. That's your big. That's your biggest reveal, right? I would 100%. think. A hundred percent. Why not lead? Maybe not lead. Put stick uh, uh, Cage in the middle. Yeah. As and make it a quicker. They kind of dwelled on that. 
for a yeah. little bit too long. Because well, they I mean, wanted I, to show more of his action. Yeah, I, I remember I remember seeing, sitting in the movie theater and being like, oh, that guy with long hair fighting a spider, I'm sure that's, uh, that's a nod to Nick Cage. And then they like do this dramatic reveal of like his face, and I was like, oh, we're, we're just well, showing, we're just... His confirmed. face, in, in heavy quotes there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, his likeness, I should say. His li- well, that's yeah. the other thing. It's like, it's not like, that's not, that part's not going to hit as hard because it's not actually Nicolas Cage. And I read that, like, oh, he showed up to do some, like, motion capture stuff and they de-aged him and all this shit. But, like, I don't, like, I don't care. Like, it's so yeah. clearly fake that it just yeah. is an animation. So it's, it doesn't impress me. It's sort of like we talked about with, uh, with Space Jam, A New Legacy, where they have all the Warner Brothers IP dancing in the background of all the basketball games. Like, oh, the Joker's there, faded in the background, cool. It's like, no, it's not cool. Like, I need to see Joaquin Phoenix. That's what makes cameos cool, is the real person is there. Yeah, it would have been much better. I would have thought that would have been really cool. I didn't even think about it. Like, actually have Nick Cage, like, show up in a Superman outfit. Yeah, and it feels very incomplete. Because you get Christopher Reeves, you get the the woman from the, I believe, 1984, like Supergirl TV movie or something. That was the the blonde woman that was next to him. Uh, You have a little Adam West shot. You have George Reeve. I think I read that they had Eartha Kitt and Cesar Romero, uh, like Voices, which was the Joker and and Catwoman uh, from the the old TV show. But then, like, it's just kind of done. You got Nicolas Cage, like, who wasn't even a real one. Like, where's, where's the others? Uh, yeah, like, yeah, Linda Carter wasn't... Yeah, Linda uh, Carter, where's... like, And I, I read that like they tried, but then it's like, even if you tried, like, no disrespect to the beautiful and wonderful and talented Linda Carter, but what the fuck else is Linda Carter doing? Like, <laughs> wait until her schedule is free to, like, make sure she's in this, because if you're kind of trying to take me through a tour, yeah, like, yeah. it that, feels I mean, just was... really incomplete. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. At the time, I didn't think it was a big, as big of a miss. But now talking about it, I go, yeah, you're right. You're right. It is. The last thing I, I kind of want to mention, and it's a huge topic, so get, settle in. <laughs> no, but I, I, I think, like, we know that the, the, it's sort of adjacent to the subject of superhero fatigue, where we know that the, the prevailing belief in Hollywood and in film-going circles is that the only films that are sure to bring the people to the theater, right? The theater is dying. Uh, The movie theater experience. No one goes to see movies. Oh my God, box office returns. The only safe bet is superhero IP. But now that that is becoming less and less true, and simultaneously, as people are getting kind of tired of superhero films, and it's not just that they're getting kind of tired of them, they're getting getting kind of tired of them because they're getting worse. Yes because like the quality is declining and so that it's it's a result of oh these are the only movies that will bring people in so we start taking it for granted and we just stop trying as hard because they're gonna bring people in yes yes simultaneously the other kinds of movies that you would think might be big uh, crowd-pleasing uh, audience drawing uh, films are all going to fucking netflix straight to netflix uh, Red Notice, Gray Man, that upcoming Gal Gadot, uh, Heart of Stone, Extraction, like these movies that have movie stars that should be drawing people to theaters are now just straight to Netflix, which is, which is in essence, straight to streaming is just the new straight to TV. Like it's a TV movie is how I'm or starting D- to look at it. Or DVD, which is, straight to DVD. Exactly, which is why the quality, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not as good. It's just like, it's just content. It's just content. It's not, it's not like a film. 
So those two things are happening simultaneously. Do you think there is any hope for, and we always come back it's to Top Gun Maverick as this outlier, but like if you make a good movie that isn't necessarily based on like some historic IP, which I would, I would posit that Top Gun Maverick is one of those things. Like, yeah, it's based on one movie from 40 years ago. Do you think that The Gray Man, if it was better, or A Red Notice, if it was better, would be able to draw people to theaters as, as, as superhero films start to fade? Or do you think as superhero yeah. films fade, theaters are done? This was the last ditch effort, and that no, was it. No, it's, it's, not, it's not superhero movies. Superhero movies just took the place. It's, it's action. Action and horror are the things that, that will keep movie theaters alive because you don't have to understand them to feel them. That's the reason those, those genres are successful, is because you don't have to understand what's going on to feel what's, what's happening. Uh, Comedy's dead because you have to understand nuance. I'm right. No, you can, no, no, you no. Can, I think comedy can still work because... No, not because, in a theater. No, I don't know if it The genre the doesn't matter. Comedy. The no genre... human being on earth other than me. The genre doesn't matter as much. I think it's, it's just the simple... It's quality. Like, if no. you make a great comedy, like, if The Hangover came out today, it would, no it would fill it. theaters. Nope. It would. Absolutely Because not. people want to go see it. it but it's, it's no. twofold. It's the quality has to be great, and you have to understand that it's not going to be available to order on Amazon or Apple in a week. Because if you know it's going to be there in a week, you're not going to go to the theater. Yeah, but if but it, it's it, like it used to be, where it's going to be a fucking year. Go see it now, or you're not going to see it. But the, People would go see it. <laughs> The experience is what people go to theaters for. The experience. The experience is not that different from a theater to your house on a comedy. The experience Bullshit. is very different. How could you say very that? Very different. How could you say that? I'm speaking in generalities. I'm speaking for general audiences, not for me personally. That's what's that made every great comedy experience I've had that much better is seeing it in a theater where you're where the, the whole room erupts. Are you kidding me? It's not better. Borat, South Park, I'm not hangover, saying wedding crashers. You're, you're misunderstanding my point. I'm not saying it's worse to, of course, it's better to see it in that way. I agree. People aren't getting off of the couch to go see a comedy. That's my point. Not the best way to view a comedy. People don't want to get off the couch. It's not motivation enough because in their mind, I can just see it at home. The experience is not different. People want to see Top Gun Maverick in fucking IMAX. They want to hear the fucking jets fly through them. They want to see the explosions on a 70 foot screen. That's why they go. They want to see blood I don't think they care. spurt out of something. That's what they, that's it. I don't think that they care. It. Honestly, honestly, I don't think they care. And tell me honestly, don't you think if people heard that some comedy was great and all their friends are talking about it at the office. And holy shit, did you see that? It was so funny. And no, they knew. Hang on. And they knew they anymore. couldn't see like, it. If they didn't go to the theater, they couldn't see it. Don't you think that's more of a problem than just it's a comedy? So that's why we're not going to go see it? Because it's a comedy. I can watch that at home. It's not that big a deal. Yes. No, yes, it's more of a problem that I can't see it for six months and all my buddies are talking about it now. I have to go see it. So you think the only difference is just get rid of streaming? Well, I think getting rid of streaming would be a great help in a, in a ton of ways. But yes, I, I think I think getting rid of it's not just getting rid of streaming, or just or giving a longer lead time. Yes, to theaters. Yes, is, is, is I think you I think, think that changes everything. That brings back theaters. 
Yes. Oh, you're wrong. Are you kidding me? Of course. You're 100% wrong. Of course. You're 100% How wrong. could you disagree? Because the whole argument here is if you get rid of that fast turnaround time and you force the people that the only way they can see something is in theaters, would that they help wouldn't go theaters? See it. Yes. They wouldn't that would go help see it. theaters. They wouldn't go see it. You're fucking crazy. That's they the only thing that it. can help theaters. What are you talking it about? Would, it would, the complete opposite would happen. Theaters would die quicker because no one is going. It, you're not threatening people with like, oh, you'll never see the, the, the hard way. I think, what's the name of the Jennifer Lawrence movie? That's No hard you, feelings. You, no hard feelings. It's a pun no, about erections. You, <laughs> no hard feelings. You won't get a chance to see no hard feelings for another seven months. They'll say, okay. Like, whatever the time frame is, they will wait for it. Because there's content everywhere. I got my fucking phone in Not my hand. Not if it's all so good. Not if it's all so good. Because if it's good, it generates positive word of mouth. We know this. We don't have to, like, speculate. We know this because this is the way that the film system operated for a hundred years before the, the prevalence of the internet and But now and things are different. So Successful that doesn't apply films. as much anymore. Yeah, they're different because people are all about immediate gratification and studios are like, we just need to get it to people's content, content, watch, watch, click, click, data, data. But it's like if you pulled back on that a little bit, that it would work. Like it's wild to me that you think that forcing I, films to stay in theaters longer and that being the only avenue for people to see films that they want to see wouldn't help theater or like make the theater like theaters thrive more. No, of course it, it wouldn't would. make it, it. The problem, in my opinion, the the reason theaters are dying is because of the motivation for people to get out of their house and to spend money more money than they would and go physically go to a place that's less comfortable, uh, uh, more expensive and- Surrounded by uh, assholes. Surrounded by people who are talking on their cell phone. Like, assholes. It's, it's not a pleasant experience. It's a lot for someone to spend money to do that. And just, just because it's like, oh, it's only here, then they'll go, okay, well, what is on my TV? What is on my TV? I'm gonna watch that. A certain amount of people would do that, but it's all, it's all uh, a system of the, the product has to be better too, which is not the case. No one's gonna get off their couch to go see Red Notice as it is now because it's fucking terrible and the first wave of people that went to see it would tell all their friends, you don't need to see that. But if it's Top Gun Maverick, all of a sudden it makes $2 billion because everybody's like, you gotta see this movie, it's fucking crazy. But, they actually give a shit. You're, you're applying the logic for the top 1% of movies as if that would apply to 100% of the movies. I'm it saying they need, to, they need to make the quality better so it's not just that 1%. It'll never be 100%, but, no, it, you, but there used to be a but time just because where everyone all the films was just because everyone was enthralled with Top Gun Maverick doesn't mean that can be recreated multiple times over and over. That just worked for of that film. Of course it film. does. Of no. course it does. No. We just no. talked about Tremors in an episode that's not out yet, but if Tremors came out today, that movie would 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 live in theaters for four months because it's so much no, because I think people the would enjoy of it. the film is better. You're, you're giving people too much credit. You're giving you're, you think people feel like you and I feel about movies. We are in the minority. I love going to the movie theaters. I love it. I'll, I'll continue to go to movie theaters as much as possible until they shut down. But we it. are in the minority of people who, who love movies, who love movies to the degree. Most people would rather sit on their couch, look at their phone, not pay attention, tune in when they wanted to. 
I, you, I can't believe you're on your side of the argument. You think people really give a shit about movies? I think they would if movies were good again. But, but that's such a subjective thing. My point is, 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 is society is at this point, whether you like it or not. How they consume content, how they are entertained is what it is. And movies ain't it. Like movies ain't it. They wanna be scared or they wanna be excited. Show me explosions, show me someone getting stabbed. That's it, that's what'll drive, that will make me get from my couch to your theater. They don't care about someone slipping on banana peels. That's not doing it. I think it. they just don't. I think FOMO. I think FOMO is the driving force. And so, that is if you make if you make something great, that is what whatever it is, fucking scary, action packed, funny, dramatic, whatever. You make something that's great, and the people that see it first go, "Holy shit, this is amazing." And I know as that person that just heard all my friends are talking about this thing that's great and I can't, it's not going to be on my television or my phone for at least six months. I got to go see that. I'm going to get motivated. Like it, it works yes. for a long time. No, but, but how many things can do that? You they can all can fucking do it if they incorrect. want to. If, if they tried. You know, they, you know they're not trying because they all just want to be fucking drag. They just want to be Red Notice. We just have to get clicks. We just have to get the data. Yeah, you, they can but all you do can it. Name, Red Notice could be great. In reality, though, you can name 10 over the you know, 10 things that have come to my mind right now. Game, Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad, just pieces of just, just television, movies, like big epic things that like water cooler stuff, you got to go see it. Top Gun, you can name 10 things right now. Well, they're all television shows now, yeah. But, but whatever it is, let's just say those are the, like, it's, but that's, it's 10 out of how many, out of how many things that get produced? Yeah. Billions. My point is you can't apply that logic to the top 1% and say that, well, that's the new formula for people to go back to theaters. It's yeah, but not we can make 1%, 20%. We can just eke it up to 10%. Like we can't, the solution can't just be, not oh, we'll just stop trying because no one's going to go anyways. So just make bullshit for streaming. No, you have to, you have to reinvent what, what, you have to reinvent things. My point is you can't you go to, backward. You have to pander. That's what you're saying. You have to pander. No. You have to make stupid shit because everybody's stupid now. No, I think you have to create a new movie theater. That's what I think. That's my opinion. I think you create a new movie experience to get, like a, help motivate a, people to go. You change like a porno theater? Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like where you go and you jerk off in front of people next to you. Like, oh, well, has, yes. Has that been done before? Did we just save cinema? 